This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. All right, Logan. Uh, let's take a look at the defense. Um, I, I got one question I want to get to from uh, someone who sh- shot me a note on Twitter. But first, let's just overarching. You think about the defense, how it's developed this year. Big thoughts on the defense in, in the mode of a self-scout and and how this uh this team has come together yeah i think uh you know big big picture thoughts i think uh schematically i think they've kind of all started buying into what jack del rio wants to do i think obviously the defensive line is the strength of the team and then um you know they've gotten better production growth i would say from the linebacker unit in terms of jamin davis because they really only play one linebacker consistently at this point and it's jamin he's done a nice job i think he's He's slow the last couple of weeks, but I just found out that he had a pretty significant injury and is kind of nursing that. So that kind of makes mm-hmm. more sense to me. And then I think the back end, I think the back end development and kind of the musical chairs in terms of finding where people sit has been extremely instrumental, like getting um, William Jackson the third out, Benjamin St. Just in, um, huge. Uh, the emergence of um, Derek Forrest, I think has been really nice just in terms of a guy who understands the system, plays physical, aggressive football. Cam Curl, obviously one of the best safeties in the NFL by grade, and I think that hashes it out each week. And then Kendall Fuller, you know, people I think were very critical of him early on. And, uh, you know, over the last five games, he's done excellent. He's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, a little bit of that strength of schedule, strength of opponent. Um, but I think that's also what you get when Benjamin St. Juice can do some of that heavy heavy lifting for you and take some of those tougher matchups. You put him in a better spot to be successful. And then Bobby McCain moving to nickel has been, again, a huge asset in terms of just kind of allocating resources in the secondary. So I think I think if I was going to say one thing that was kind of unexpected was I kind of expected Jamin to develop. I don't think I expected him to develop this much, but the secondary and the pieces that have come come through there, you know, St. Juiced, uh, Derek Forrest, like you've gotten two excellent starters. Excellent. You know, I feel very comfortable saying that. And guys that understand the scheme, understand what Jack wants. And then, um, you know, that's awesome. And then I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how the chemistry of the defensive line. Like last year, that was much maligned. They, you know, they're not working together, all this stuff. And this year in the run game and the pass game, they just understand each other really well and understand where to fit in and play off of each other. And they've just obviously been one of the most dynamic groups in the NFL. So I do think like on a smaller scale, they've kind of struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks, you know, like struggled for them. You know, they haven't looked quite as yeah. dominant, quite as assertive. Um, and I think the buy comes at a really good time for them. Hopefully you get Benjamin St. Juice back. Hopefully Jamin gets healthy in this bye week. And then they can kind of make, and you know, John's always kind of banged up. Can Then you kind of make this push for the last four games. 
Yeah. Um, someone asked me, actually, it was uh, speaking of Derek Forrest, different Derek Forrest, uh, the Derek Forrest who hosts the sports on DC News Now. Um, <laughs> so I was doing TV with him on, on Friday, and he goes, who's the defensive MVP? He actually asked me both, offensive and defensive. Offensive is hard, man, because there's not like, I guess I, my, I went with Terry kind of by default. Um, I'd say either that Terry or Terry. Brian Robinson, I would say, would be yeah. the one I would say, just because um, he kind of embodies your offensive philosophy. Yeah. But Terry, for sure, would be great. Terry, I think it's just kind of on the most outstanding kind of it, almost gets it by default. Um, but anyway, defensively, I said, you know, Allen and Payne are the obvious choices, and yeah. none, none of this happens without them. And, and so by nature, they are most valuable. Um, but if we were to try to pick someone who wasn't them, Cam Curl, to me, is the guy yeah. that comes in and completely changes their... I mean, even when Jackson was there, things started to turn some and like solidify, and then you had the William Jackson-adjacent coverage busts. Um, but like the rest <laughs> of the defense started yeah. to turn and get better when Cam Curl came back because he missed those first two games against Jacksonville where, yep. you know, you're a couple of Trevor Lawrence easy misses away from a disastrous kind of day. Detroit where you have a disastrous kind of day. And then if you were to have Cam Curl in those games, you know, who knows what the record looks like? I mean, I guess they went one and one in those games anyway. Um, but statistically, as they, you know, still float uh, lower than you'd think in some statistical categories because they had those first couple of games that were that were out of character based off the rest of their season. Like Cam Curl has been incredible all season long, and he's oh. made up for such, uh, or he's made up for the loss of Cole in a lot of ways. Uh, which actually brings us to our question. Uh, someone asked, uh, and I promised them I would get it on the last pod, and then we wound up going super long on a bunch of offensive topics, so I apologize. Yeah. Uh, and I and I said it's at the top of my list for this one. So here we are, first question of the podcast that's not coming from me, and here is your question. But how have the, the commanders missed Cole Holcomb, and how big of a deal is it that he is gone for the rest of the year? I mean, I think it's a huge deal. You know, uh, before I before the injury before the injury became like, oh, he's done for the year. I thought, oh, after the bye, he'll be able to come back, and I, and I really think it just it adds value because he's not like I think we like I have to make highlights for players for for segments on the show that I do the command center show, and it's not like he's making all the, like these crazy splash splash plays, but he playing middle linebacker is very, very challenging, you know, because you are kind of in the middle of the formation. You can get double teams from both sides. They can attack the perimeter, both sides. And then they, that's the level of the defense where you want to attack is that middle linebacker spot, right? Because they have to step up on run. They have to step up to the fullback and there's a big void behind them. So very, very challenging. And I will say what Cole does an excellent job of is he's very, very just consistent. He's very, very, he's going to make the tackle. He's going to get guys lined up. And I think just having that kind of, centering presence there at middle linebacker is big for not only the defense as a whole, but a guy like Jamin who can kind of bump outside and play that edge spot and then um, getting guys lined up. And it just, he's the, he's the brain of the defense. Right. And I think Jamin deserves a ton of credit because he's played really well in his absence, but I think the whole defense just elevates a little bit, you know, when he's in the lineup. And I think it's not necessarily what you're going to see from a statistical perspective, but it's more like the emotional, kind of calming presence that he brings and then the consistency of his play like not overly flashy but just uber consistent because i think if you watch Jamin by comparison Jamin makes so many splash plays like he's running sideline to sideline he's blowing up guards and you see this tremendous physical ability 
But in addition to the high ceiling of Jamin, you also see the floor, right, where he kind of makes mental mistakes. He's not in the right position all the time. And Cole, his floor is so high because he he knows what he's doing. He knows where he fits. And he's also a great athlete. So I do think not having him back is – is, I'm disappointed, honestly, because I, I like this defense with him there. But I think you bring up a really valid point and that Cam Curl is also kind of that calming presence, or he has been – in Cole's absence. And, you know, Damon's got the green dot now. That's been really cool to see a young player kind of step into that role. Uh, but I do think Cam and, you know, Bobby deserves a lot of credit too. Like when you watch the film, they, Cam, Bobby, Forrest, all three of those, it's really the chemistry of those three guys as opposed to just Cam being back that elevates the defense, right? Because they communicate really well. They play off each other. They know how to disguise stuff. So there was a tackle for loss in the New York Giants game. Right where Bobby's kind of um, backing up, you know, like in a quarter shell, he's standing right behind Cam, who looks like he's playing man-to-man coverage on the receiver, and then they just kind of perfectly time up the rotation. Cam blitzes and is able to get a tackle for a loss. And I think that you don't get that just by Cam being back; you get that by Bobby understanding how Cam does it right, and Forrest right. understanding that this is the, like I can hold it till right now because Bobby's going to hold it till right now. So. Like I think right. that's um, again, it's really disappointing to me that that Cole's not going to be back because I think of that coming presence. But I think those three guys in the back end and their their relationship together um, kind of offsets some of that, I guess. Right. So the other thing that I think they miss, specific to their schedule, if you will, with Cole, is the speed that he brings. Compared to his replacements, right? Because right. Bostic, you're talking about Bostic and Mayo. Yeah, Bostic and Mayo are both super intelligent players, um, and they can try to be in the right spots, but they're not going to get there as quickly. Um, and it also means when plays get out of structure and there is no quote unquote right spot and it's time to go make a play, they're not as effective. Right. And Cole is a guy who can go chase down Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones or. Now Brock Purdy or who pick your running quarterback who they faced a lot of because that is the guys playing quarterback in the league now often have that element of mobility to their game. And you think of the Philly game where, you know, oh, my God, Jalen was about to go out and run and Jamin or Cole goes and chases him down. Um, Or some of the games earlier this year where we saw similar things where they were really concerned about a scrambling quarterback and those two guys were able to shut that down because they could keep eyes on the quarterback in a zone and then go run and and get there before the quarterback picked up the first down. We talked about how valuable scrambles are because they often come in like situations where you need a first down, third downs, um, and they often come and they often achieve that. Right. Well, if if you take off to run, don't get the first down. Well, that's that would then be equally valuable going back the other way. Um, yeah. and, and Cole's speed and his presence, which frees up Jamin to do even more, um, I, I think is something they've missed in, in specifically in that New York game. Um, specifically, they missed it against Jones, who was able to pick up some of those. And I think of the play where everybody over-pursues and then Jones scrambles back up the middle and John Bostick's chasing him and eventually catches him. But how much quicker does Cole catch him? And those are the things where, like, that's pretty simple analysis because it's just like, hey, the faster guy would have gotten there faster. Right. But, like, that's 
that also does matter in a league where scrambles and mobility for quarterbacks have immense value. And Cole is the kind of guy, because he is a 4-4 player, that's what he ran in his pro day. Right. Um, he wasn't invited to the combine, something he would happily remind you of. Um, but, you know, at his pro day, when he ran a 4-4, like, that's that's the kind of athlete that he is. And he also obviously sees it pretty quickly as well. We talked about mm-hmm. the, the mental side of it. But I think that's where they missed him. And it's going to be interesting to watch again, them matching up against New York this weekend, as well as a guy like Dak Prescott, even, in the final week of the season, if, if Dak's playing at that point. Uh, you know, anybody that can scramble, it, it becomes a I mean, huge factor. Deshaun Watson. I mean, yeah. there's a ton of guys, right? Um, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I also think he's got like this like certain like je ne sais quoi, that certain like it factor, right? That certain element, right? Like he's – and he's grown up. Like he's take, I take like when I first started covering the team, like he wasn't – he wasn't overly dynamic. And I think he's just evolved from an intellectual standpoint, from a feel standpoint – and has gotten to this point where he's like a serviceable starting middle linebacker, and I see, and I say serviceable like in, as a as a positive, right? Because I think there's a lot of times people, um, you know, they they get bad middle linebacker play, and he's not one of those guys. So um, I do think that's big. I think um, you know one of the things Jack's done to kind of mitigate that is is kind of going to your guy Cam Curl in these big nickel cinco situations, and I think the more you can do that, the better. But you know, when you do that, you got to make sure that you trust. Bobby, you trust Forrest, and then Percy Butler has been a guy that they've tried to bring in in rotational elements a little yeah. bit. So, um, you know, like that's that stresses you in a different way. And if and if Cole's there, you're less stressed. But um, I think they've done a good job of kind of getting by without him. But I just think the defense becomes more complete with him there. Um, and that's not an indictment of Jamin because I think he's done an excellent uh, he's done an excellent job. He's he's playing really really good football. And the defense as a whole is playing well, but I just think it gives you a little bit more margin for error, you know, if he's in the lineup. And so obviously um, it's too bad that he's going to miss the year. And I'm not sure when his contract's up, but you know, he's a free agent this this offseason. I would imagine this would affect that pretty dramatically. So that's kind of a bummer for him because I'm not sure. I'm not sure you bring him back. You know, I think you want to. I think that's something that. Well, that's actually I, something know. I was about to ask you. Is Jamin? Jamin has the green dot. Is he playing yeah. Mike or is he still playing Will? So they kind of. It's interesting. Uh, he does play Mike in certain situations, but like on the goal line, for example, against uh, not the goal line, but like they were at the five or the six yard line versus the New York Giants. Cam is playing what essentially amounts to like a middle linebacker spot. And Bobby is playing what amounts to the Sam and Jamin is playing the will just by alignment. Right. Mm. So they've kind of, you know, worked in ways to keep Jamin roughly in his same spot. And obviously like, um, you know, kudos to cam to be able to like come in and do that, you know, Um, and Forrest also kind of getting in that Sam linebacker, extra safety in the box type of role. Um, and so they've, they've, yes, they've done both. He's played middle linebacker, mostly on first and second down, but then, you know, they'll sprinkle in these one where he's obviously the will and Bostick's the mic, or he's the will and cams kind of that pseudo mic type right. player. So, um, but that's been an interesting kind of development, I think. Yeah. And so that'll obviously affect the reason I ask on the heels of the Cole question is like, when you think about whether or not to bring Cole Holcomb back, like, do you trust Jamin to play middle linebacker in year right. three full time? Uh, and is that his highest and best use? And, you know, I guess we'll find out this off season, uh, depending on what they do. I mean, it also depends on who's making the decision. Just, you know, I, obviously I think Jack at this point is wanted back uh, in a way that maybe he wasn't uh, earlier in the season, <laughs> but does 
Jack want to come back? That was something that was, you know, very mm. heavily rumored. Uh, it was like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. It's his last year anyway. Like, he doesn't even want to come back. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, it, but in, in going into the offseason and what whoever is in place uh, is looking to do. Uh, the, the last thing I'll just say real quick on the defense, uh, there's no question the guy that, you know, with all due respect to Cole, the guy they need back right now is, is Benjamin St. Juice. 100%. Um, that is, Derek asked me, Derek Forrest on DC News Now asked me, like, what's the biggest surprise of the, the season? And like that one was easy. Offensive and defensive MVP are kind of hard. Um, yep. Biggest surprise, St. Juice, since he's been outside, has been incredible. And you saw the difference on Sunday without him. Um against the Giants team, by the way, that doesn't have a lot of weaponry. Yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden you get against, you know, San Francisco in a couple of weeks uh, where Ayuk's out there running around and McCaffrey's out there running around. And, um, you know, hopefully we get great news on Debo Samuel uh, and that he's not done for the season uh, with the injury that he suffered yesterday. There were some early reports that he had avoided major injury, um, but obviously they've got to run tests and whatever today. But regardless, like, They've got to get St. Juice back, um, and it, it it is a reminder of how thin they are in the secondary, that yeah. they cannot afford to lose Fuller or St. Juice, because uh, otherwise they are they are dancing, skating, whatever, on the thinnest of ice. Yeah, I think um, that's 100% true, and I'm glad you mentioned Fuller, because if he, either one of those guys has any yeah. type of injury where they have to miss time, like... You know, I think Christian Holmes is a good football player. I think he's done a great job on special teams. And I think he's got some physical tools that get you excited for his upside. But he has not played great in his time as the starter, right? And I think um, he's a young football player that's to be expected. But, uh, you know, Danny Johnson's done a good job stepping in in spot duty. But he's not he's not Kendall Fuller and he's not Benjamin St. Juice. So, and there's a reason that they have moved Bobby McCain to nickel, right, is because they are – I don't want to say they doubt him as a coverage player. I think they have a lot of faith in him, but um, I think they feel like Bobby was doing a better job. And I think Bobby has done a better job. So, um, you know, we really have two starting caliber corners than everybody else who's kind of a rotational special teams type of piece. And it really makes it tough, I think, to to walk that margin of error. And again, in terms of roster construction, everyone says, ooh, you know, look at look at where they're at, look at the defense. But this is one of those things in the offseason where you're kind of like, everyone was kind of wringing their hands about secondary depth and um and i hear here is showing you why and obviously they traded william jackson the third and i think that affects this in a pretty dramatic way but i mean it is just the margin for error is just very very small with that group and in terms of health and uh, you know football is a physical game there's a lot of stuff that just pops up and you know, like they, they can, I, I don't want to say they can't win football games, but they can't beat good teams without both those guys out there. And yeah. that's really what the, what the score comes down to. Yeah, definitely. And they've got obviously good teams left on their schedule. And, uh, when you get to the playoffs, Logan, there's, there's, there's good football teams, teams. There's allegedly good teams there. I know. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. You can catch me weekday afternoons on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Catch Logan on Command Center on the Commander's YouTube page. And you can catch both of us every, well, I guess not Sunday at 10 a.m. for Countdown to Kickoff. Every before kickoff on Countdown (laughs) to Kickoff. Because we are going to be, I believe, 6 o'clock to to 8.20 on Sunday. Because they have Sunday Night Football coming up. Um, by the way, we actually haven't talked about that. So let's, let's try to squeeze two things in here, in here real quick in the next 10 minutes before this podcast is over. Um, one, how big of a deal is it that this is Sunday night football, then going into Saturday football 
across the country, San Francisco. Like some people have made a pretty big deal about out of it, including by the way, Ron Rivera's pretty ticked off about it. Yeah. Um, how big of a deal is that as a player to like try to first of all, just the difference between a Sunday one o'clock and a Sunday night. I know how different it was as a reporter and I didn't recover well and I didn't yeah. have to play a snap. Um, and then the West coast trip day early, the whole thing. So just to give you like, like logistically, right. So obviously you're not going to finish the game until like 11 o'clock. Right. And mm -hmm. you want to start your prep. I don't want to say immediately, but pretty close after the game, not for, um, you know, not even to review the film, but kind of want to get started on San Francisco. That film won't be up till probably 1.30, 2 a.m., right? So you kind of lose that post-game prep time, which is, you know, a couple hours, but it's significant, right? Because you got to get your install ready for Tuesday, right? And on a short week, that might, might even be Monday. So I, in terms of work week schedule with the trip, it is a big deal. It's going to be tough to get those guys back to 100%. They're probably just going to go – they're probably in a straight walkthrough mode already. I think it helps coming off the bye. And if you're smart, if you're Ron, you kind of say, let's start prepping some San Francisco stuff this week because we just saw the Giants. So if we can get kind of that foundation laid so we don't have to kind of be scrambling to prep post um, so Giants So you're talking game. about as a coaching staff or with the players? The coaching staff. I'm saying the okay. coaching staff, they need to prep that. They need to be – that needs to be prepped. So that they can just kind of come in on Monday and be like, hey, this is the cover three package for San Francisco. Obviously, we're still like, Would you have just basically taken the bye week and be like, guys, we don't have a bye week. We have San Francisco prep week. And then we're going to go back into Giants mode and then go back into San Francisco mode. Because yeah, in that I, way, it, it kind of would, I guess, work out. Thank God for the bye. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's kind of how maybe maybe not that the structure is irrelevant. It just is yeah. like we're going to prep for the Giants. And then, you know, we're going to prep, prep for the Giants for five hours a day. And then for the last three hours, let's make sure we're starting to lay the foundation for San gotcha. Francisco from a coaching standpoint. And so you just have all the cut-ups ready. You have all that stuff ready so you can kind of accelerate that process. So in a way, it is good for the buy, but it does make the buy less enjoyable for the coaching staff, I think, which is probably one of Ron's frustrations. And also the recovery. That trip to San Francisco is a nightmare. I never went to San Francisco when I played here, but I did go to Seattle. It's a beast of a trip, right? Because it's, it's a long flight. There's a big time change. Um, you're playing really early in the day kind of for your body clock. And um, and then the trip back is tough, right? Because you don't get back until way later in the evening. So it's it's a tough trip and it's against a good opponent. I think one of the reasons Ron's probably frustrated, or I'm assuming he's frustrated, is because San Francisco is the team, is the is the better team, right? So you want as much time to get ready for them as possible. So um, I, I think it is a big deal. Um, but ultimately no one cares, right? No one cares because you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. If the win-loss win -loss record doesn't care. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a win or a loss, and it will go – or a tie, as we found out. Uh, or And it's going to go in that column. I think the other thing, just from like a physical standpoint, you talk about the recovery. Like Sleep is the most important recovery tool you have. And when you are juiced up after a Sunday night game, win or loss or tie – it's going to be hard to go to bed it, and that's your first night of recovery. So instead of finishing a game at four o'clock, getting home by six, six thirty, having a good dinner, getting nutrition in yeah. like you and, and then getting a good night's sleep, you are trying to get home as fast as possible after finishing a game at 11. You know, anyone that's gone, you know, players all live in like Ashburn, Northern Virginia yeah. area. You're going from, from Landover, like you're nutrition, like you're not going to be you're eating not, a full meal at like 11 o'clock at night. And like you said, you're up. Like right. it's really hard to come down from a game. So I remember doing these uh, like primetime games. So Monday night, 
Thursday night. night. Yeah. And not really being able to go to sleep until like 3 a.m. Because right. you're just up. And um, and I so I talked to Chad about this actually, kind of to your point from a from a recovery side, and he was like, "It's a nightmare, man, because you know no one went to sleep, no one ate food. So you know, thank God, coach has, has been a good done a good job this year of pushing back start times on Monday. But he's like, mm-hmm. we can't do anything physical. It's like pretty much like warm up, stretch, roll out, recovery in the building, and then to the next thing. Like you know, walk so, through maybe." Yeah, but right, even then, yeah. you're not mentally as sharp. Right, like it's just it's just a it Monday becomes a wasted day, um, and it's one thing to have Monday on a wasted day. It's worth it. It's Sunday night football, whatever. When you've got a full week, but to have it right. on to go to Saturday, that's a that's a that's a rough gig.